church boys. <coughs> oh. <laughs> no, guys. So far, two-thirds of the church boys have had COVID. Two-thirds. I don't think I have co- I don't think I have COVID. I think you had it. I think you have you no. are, you are the variant. You're the next variant. <laughs> I, listen, I'm uh, of, of the zero of, right of the three of, of the three of us here. I'm I'm the one with the least weak constitution, I think. Well, Billy's is, Billy's isn't weak because it's surrounded. I mean, it's protected and insulated. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't have to buy two seats on a plane yet. You do. So. Okay. That's as far as we can take this conversation. You realize that, right? Yes. Okay. I'm just saying in general, when you okay. went to Disney, you needed two seats. <laughs> and I guess, yes, when I was on the small world, right, it was just me in the little boat. <laughs> Big world on small world. Um, <laughs> I can't. Um, yeah, why are so, we even here? Why are that's, we here? That's a good question. Well, we weren't here the last two episodes that we were supposed to be here, so we we didn't record it. We didn't just leave it running blank. But so no. Did last, anybody notice? I don't Lucas think. was so busy. He, Lucas, we're all over signing autographs. Where, I don't remember where I was. I don't know what I did either the last two weeks. I have to be honest. Well, Billy, well, you in, were in uh, two. Oh, weeks. I, I was in. Um, I was in Dallas the first week. And then, uh, right. I, oh, I was I was in Mississippi filming the the next one or last week. Was so? Oh, I, oh, I was at the March for Life. I was going to say two weeks ago you were at the March for Life, Bill. You and yeah. I had talked about recording last week without Bill, without Lucas, and we were going to call the princess, but then we wound up not recording. Yes, the and March I, for Life was had, an experience, guys. I mean, yeah. I've been there before, but never from that angle. So yeah. it was it was definitely interesting. And I had tuberculosis last weekend, so. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. It could have been COVID. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but. It was getting I mean, me. <clears throat> at your BMI, you're just spreading it everywhere. I know. It's just like treasure everywhere. One sneeze in everywhere. the entire house is just filled with <laughs> gribblies. Oh, you you misspelled town. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I don't know what I had. I didn't go to the doctor for it. Clearly, um, but no, I uh, my, my my throat was getting me, and I was coughing and just snorting. It felt like just a really bad cold, and then. Um, so I took a sick day last Thursday, which tells you that I was sick because it was my first sick day in like what six years yeah you never take a sick day yeah, I, and i hate taking sick day. i hated doing it then too but i got some rest and then the next day I, I woke up the next morning and like oh i did not feel any better and then it came out with a little bit of a fever the following day so yeah it's how omicron works and you know i mean look you're fine you survived it it's a it's yeah. really not as serious it's not delta so i'm glad no. you're here with us still and i i it could have been covid i have no idea i was again I didn't go to the doctor. People I wasn't, about, so I wasn't, I wasn't about to get tested. tested well, right. We are we are a superior um, breed here. In I don't East, even East mind Bond. the COVID test anymore. It doesn't even bother oh, it's me. Not, it's not. No, listen it's, to me. It's not. It's not about the the inconvenience of the test. I'm not going to get tested because I'm not giving anybody the satisfaction for one. Oh, and two, it's like it's a bug. I get over it and I move on. And do you think yep. I'm going to do anything that's going to risk shutting anything else down? Not a. Not, if I'm sick, guess what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay home and away from people, period. Right. And like I got what, you, if, and whatever bug I had, I got from my daughter. Like she brought it home. Well, yeah, that's what happens with children. Yeah. I mean, I, I would only test if I was going to be around somebody that I was concerned was like low, had an issue or that I needed to be like careful around. Yes. But see, most um, of the people I'm around are people I would like to kill. So I'm not going to get tested. Something. <laughs> you? Well, this is going to be evidence on the Netflix documentary about your murder and, spree. And speaking of people uh, I'd like to kill. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I have to get this out of the way ahead of time because I was talking to some of the teenagers I work with um, on Wednesday nights. And do you remember a 
few episodes ago, we had John Cooper on and I listed, and I just kind of rattled off some names of students who were there. And um, anyway, so I told the boys about it because they're big John Cooper fans and they went and listened to the episode and one of the boys goes, uh, you didn't say my name. It's I, I swear, I know I said your name. And he went back and listened a bunch of times and I never did. So I need to say here, John Michael, this show is dedicated to you. So John Michael, if you're listening. What a nice. There you go. So what a nice person you allegedly are. Yeah, there we go. I got it out of the way. <laughs> so, Lucas, what were you doing? You were in Timbuktu and Mississippi and Oklahoma. Where, where I was doing? in Mississippi filming a new uh, new project, and um, was I it can't one, say anything about it. It wasn't under your NDA. swimsuit. Wasn't your swimsuit calendar shoot? Wasn't a swimsuit calendar shoot that was earlier than summer, but uh, that should be out here soon. Um, yeah, so filming down in Mississippi, and then I was in Dallas before that. And Christy and I went to a little kind of like faith business conference that. Uh, uh, we went to and did kind of a little mini retreat. Look at you guys. I feel like we're all so busy. You know, it's not a bad thing. We're just so busy. And then Grimace, um, you went to DC and I did and hung out with um with Scanlonk, right? Yeah, good old Kate Scanlon, who's a fan of the show. We had dinner uh with Trey going to Phillips. She, was um, she dinner? What? Was she was she, she, was she dinner? No. No, she was. We had a great time though catching up. We made fun of you. We talked of about course. the show. She listened to the show, so yes, she gave some commentary on the show, and that was great. I won't. I won't put her on blast, but she was. She she had some things to say, and it was funny, and we laughed and made fun of me and made fun of all of us. And then, uh, but no, you know, I interviewed a slew of interesting people, and we covered. We did like a three hour on the ground live coverage of the march, and that was a little crazy. I hadn't done that in a long time, so like that was a little while, but. I interviewed uh, your favorite, Lucas, Marjorie Teller Green. Um, <laughs> I interviewed um, a number of others. You just, are you are you an MTG fan, Lucas? He's so starstruck that he can't even. So he way, asked I, you if you were a Marjorie Teller Green fan. Are you an MTG fan? Um, I, are you down? Uh, are I'm you gonna down? say I'm going to say no comment on that either are you, way. Are you down with MTG? I, I love everybody. Okay, so that's, I, that's a good answer. That's I, had, good. I have to play this just a minute. At the U.S. Capitol, I'm Kate Scanlon, EWTN News in depth. Okay, there you go. I had to play it. I can't find the um, one where we did the highlight of her her episodes. Anyway, go ahead. Well, so Kate and I were in the media tent together. She was doing her thing, and How I was over you, on the wait media Wait a second. Tent. You were able to fit in the tent with another human. <laughs> they actually built it around oh, him. Guys, okay, guys. It they built like it out of his pants degrees. that he left was, on the plane. It was like the March for Life. It was really cold. Yeah, I bet. And it was pretty incredible to kind of, I will say, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of marches and protests and stuff. It was a very, you know, if you'll recall on CNN, a mostly peaceful protest with flames behind the reporter. Um, this was a fully peaceful protest. I mean, there was really just people who were out there who, yeah, we're fighting for the onboard. And and it was really interesting to see people from all over the world. I mean, everywhere. So it was so you had a nice time. I did. Sorry, you, there was a car alarm going off. It was I was like, is that my car alarm going off? Um, I did. I had a good time and it was good to, you know, just interview lots of fun people. Kirk Cameron was there, so it was a lot of good catching up with people and um spent a lot yeah. of time interviewing Kirk Cameron, did you? I didn't get to interview Kirk oh, Cameron. That's right. You hear that, Trey? No, Trey. Trey uh, he avoided. Took that he avoided. Kirk was did the smart thing and avoided avoided Billy. No, he I saw smothered. I saw a video of Kirk giving his his little his speech. Yep. 
he's looking good too. He's got the he's got he's he's he is uh, owning the gray in his beard, which I'm appreciating. Yeah, you know, it was it was fun because you got to kind of be with people I hadn't seen in a while. Like usually NRB, National Religious Broadcasters, Lucas knows this. It's like the one event where you you're with everybody. But it was nice to kind of be with everybody. Um, in you weren't there, Lucas, so you missed it. You should be there. You should come next year. Oh, Lucas, you can't be heard. It's because you plugged those you plugged those headphones in, and now we can't How hear you. Now? There you are. Oh, I was like, wow, yeah, I, there really I is a god. Uh, I had a headphone issue. I had to switch these out real fast. So you got lots of uh, issues. Yeah, no, I told Chrissy we want to go next year. So I'd love to. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so there was that, and then um, Chris, you know, you were just you know battling COVID, and we're back now. Yeah. You know, I want to hear from people if you're listening to this, and however you communicate with us, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Like, Smoke who do you want to hear on this show? Who do you want us to have on? We've mentioned Kirk Cameron. There's lots of people. We want to bring guests, more guests on. So we want to hear from you. Like, who do you want to hear from? Tell us. Let us know. I, I say more Andrea. <laughs> so, um, all right. So we are going to start the show, and then we're going to get into discussion of a couple things that happened this week that were uh, very hot topics. Uh, one, one Whoopi Goldberg got stepped into it. You, you know, you'd think someone who has, as a stage name, adopted a Jewish last name would have maybe had a better handle on the situation that happened. But um, we'll get into that and, and a bunch more here in just a minute. Ladies and gentlemen. Hello! From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. Billy Hollowell. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? It's not what he said, you ignorant wretch. Chris Field. Bad guy in little gold. Let me tell you why I suck. Lucas Miles. I want you to forget what you saw here today. Aw, I've interrupted happy time. The Church Boys. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I hate these guys. All right, I suppose if we're going to talk about Whoopi, I should pull up that that clip. I failed to uh, grab a copy of the clip to put on the soundboard so bear with me as lucas or billy gets us into our next discussion point here oh my gosh you really are a clueless that's our producer <laughs> over yeah. here not producing yeah, well, over there not able to do anything of substance <laughs> um but i have to tell you the, the whoopee thing as you were teasing beforehand i found i think there's a lot to unpack right because she's clearly in the process of being canceled at the moment um <sighs> you know and Let's start with the initial comments, right? That that the Holocaust was not about race. That, and I know, Lucas, this is kind of like right up your alley and the things that you've been thinking about and talking about. Uh, but it really was interesting to me, and, and then I want to get your reaction, but listening to somebody talk about a topic and double down on it when they clearly lacked the understanding <laughs> of what had happened. I mean, the things that Hitler said were very, he used the word race repeatedly right. and consider the Jews to be another race. We, I mean, this is not a secret. Should we play the clip real quick and then we can... Please, yeah, yeah, play okay, it. Here we go. I'm going to do this, then let's be truthful about it because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's well, not about maybe race. Maybe yeah, no, it's Jews about a different it, race. But it's, it's not about race. It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. 
That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but going it's not, after it's not about and, ideal and race. It's it's but these are two Romans. white groups of people. Well, they have to black people see them them as white. And they but they you're missing the point. You're yeah. missing the point. Yeah. The minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. It's a problem. It doesn't matter if you're black or white, because black, <laughs> white, Jews, uh, Italian, everybody eats each other. So is it, if you're uncomfortable, if you hear about mouse, should you be worried? Should, should your child say, oh my God, I, I wonder if that's me? No, that's not what they're going to say. They're going to say, I don't want to be like that. All right, so just uh, let me add this little clip too. <gasps> Idiot. All right, so... <laughs> And then we didn't. We've, there's also the clip of her being on, uh, going on um, what Stephen Colbert's show and doubling down on this nonsense. But that aired but, after the apology, no, and so that we should a, talk about that. Right. Well, the apology came out that night, but she pre-taped that interview with Colbert. Sure. The the interview with Colbert was taped before she put out the apology. But she had to have known that it was going to air after she posted her apology, and that's the thing that I found bizarre. You know that this is going to. So I would have probably held the apology until after that. If that makes sense. Well, Until apology, after I knew this was airing. Oh yeah, oh, I see what you mean. Like time the the tweeted apology so that it comes out after the the interview has aired. Right. Because I mean, she said it, she apologized and essentially reset it. That's right. That, that, it oh, and that's what that's way that's way it came that's way it came across. It's not that's not the actual chain of events, but that is how it, you know, it it was published. And she knew it was going to happen that way, though. That wasn't right. a secret. Right. She this knows is, when the show but, aired. But remember, just gross. Oh. Idiot. Right. This is what we're dealing with here, right? This is she can't as wrong as she was about this, why would you be surprised that she doesn't get the timing right with when it comes to oh oh this interview is gonna come out after I put the apology out. I mean, she's not a she's she's not a thinking person. I don't dis I don't dislike Whoopi, but she's not a thinker. She's a doofus, right? Uh, yeah, I mean like I, I'm trying to sit here and go, okay, what was she trying to say? And you know, there's part of me that was going like buried in that is she basically saying like man's depraved and this isn't about one particular thing and there's all these other issues like there's there's a way to describe that and obviously I don't think that she has um, and I don't you know I don't obviously don't know her personally but you know I don't think that she has the, the faith tools to be able to communicate some of these you know maybe higher level truths about sin and depravity and these different things but like I mean, basic. like, here's, you know, let me give you Hitler quote here. The sacred mission of the German people to assemble and preserve the most valuable racial elements and raise them to the dominant position. All who are not of a good race are cha a chaff, right. uh, wrote Hitler. Right. I mean, like, I go on and on on these. I mean, this right. is just like quick Google search, like Mein Kampf, you know, like they're easy to find. Obviously. Oh, we lost him. Hitler's a ton. And. This is any anybody that has. Can you guys still hear me? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Anybody that has any sort of, you know, um, I mean, just the least bit of like access to. I mean, just who studied this at all, or just even sort of, you know, who's lived, you know, our age or older, is aware of that. Like that's that's not a it's not a hidden thing. But this right. goes with we're redefining what man is we're redefining what woman is we're redefining what race is so she mixed up race and color like that that's like her basic mistake is that you know she's right. she's mixing up these things and definitions to where you can't even have an you know an intellectual conversation about a topic right, right. and i think that had she 
had she not, I think there's something to be said for, had she not screwed up the race argument on this, I think there's something to be said for, this is all about how horrible mankind is to each other. And, and we, right. and we can have, have that. Said the same, but would she have said the same? I don't know. If she no, she probably wouldn't have. But I'm just saying that, that overall, like, I, I don't mind. Listen, you can say if you're going to deny that the Holocaust is about race, you got you got something else going on. There's something. And I, I have a theory on that I'll get to. But I think that we ought to be having these discussions about man's depravity. Right. It causes things like racism and then things that lead to things like the Holocaust. Right. I mean, it's not. <clears throat> The Holocaust was about race and about trying to exterminate a, 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 a race of people. That's what Hitler was. Anybody with any sense knows that. That said, well, it, it but it's part like, it's part of how screwed up we are with right. you know with with sin in our lives, with sin in the world. These are the things that are, this is the natural outcrop, natural outcropping of sin. That's what it, that's what it is. Of course, you'd bring the word crop of food into this conversation. Yeah, but that would be vegetables, no, uh, and I don't do vegetables. <laughs> Anyway, no, but but it's the thing. There are a couple things here that are important to point out that that piece is important. I think where she says it's about how we treat each other, the depravity. That part is really important. The, there are a couple other pieces, though. The, the word race has undergone tons of definitional changes because race is not biological. Race is not. It's something. The reason it's actually a problematic word is because it means something different to everybody. It has to do with groups of people and it's arbitrary how people decide how those groups are going to be clumped together. Her definition based on this without reading too much into her heart is that it has to do with color, right? Like you were saying, yeah, she messed up color because she says there are two groups of white people, but what you're missing there is that the original definition and I'm not an expert on race, but one of the older, more archaic definitions, if you go to Merriam Webster is that race um, essentially had to do with ethnicity they were interchangeable yeah. so yeah. when you think of it that way you have to understand that but i also think that there's an american lens through which race is looked at that is very particular and specific because of our history and that that is probably at play here and that's exactly what it was she she indicated that on colbert when she's on later i've got the clip pull up we can pull that too but she talks about how she sees everything through you're either black and if you're not black then you're white and that's yeah. so and so if it's not black people versus everybody else, then it's not racism. That's, I mean, that's, a, that's essentially her, her is, viewpoint. Is, again, that goes with critical race theory. It's yep, a Marxist exactly. construct of oppressor Absolutely. and oppressed. Yep. You know, that there's only two types of people in the world. Right. And, and so you're going to fit into one of these two categories. And for a lot of people, um, you know, which is, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it, this is a really interesting and disturbing psychological you know, uh, experiment here, but a lot of a, a lot of people who subscribe to critical race theory consider Jews part of the oppressors. You know, even though they've been persecuted more than like any other people group in history. You know, other than you know probably competing with Christians in many cases. Uh, and so it's it, it's just really, I mean, the, the whole like changing definitions in order to fit into uh, um, you know our biases and everything else we have. It's just, I mean, it, this this is what it leads to. Yeah. And Should I, she be canceled though? That's the no, right? I don't. I don't no, think. Wait, it, let me hang on. Let me let me say this. You know what is this? ABC. Yeah. I mean, I people think who ABC fired, has fired. the right to say, "I don't want you on my program because sure. you're stupid," or "We don't agree with you." Like I support ABC making whatever employment decision that they want to make about her. Right. I don't think that we should just give people spots on television if they can't have you know 
uh, I think uh, some sort of coherent conversation I su- about. Topic. I support I support ABC having the right to make whatever decision they want to. That doesn't mean I'm going to support them making a decision, right? I'm going to I'm going to support them taking a step. I think I would. That's not the step I would take. I hope that they don't. I you know she got suspended. I dis, I even disagree with the suspension. I think she's just ignorant. I mean, you hear it again. If you want to hear the 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 Stephen Colbert clip, we've got that too. But I don't know if we need it or not. But she's clearly ignorant. What I appreciated was the apology that she put out there on Twitter, that text one, and then she followed up the next day with an apology on the show. I thought she was right on. I really do think that she honestly believes or believed that Jews weren't a, weren't considered a race. Sure. I think she honestly yeah. believed yeah, that. Yeah. I think, that I think was, that's fair. I think, I think she's a fair. doofus. I think it's an ignoramus factor. I think she was being totally honest, and that's what she believes. And when she apologized and says, somebody flipped the light on for me, essentially is what she's saying. I, I, yeah. Of, of all the things that you can say about Whoopi, dishonest is not one of them to me, in my experience watching well, her. I think she's but, a liberal. I think she's a loon. But I, but I, have to, I, I don't have think to, she's dishonest. But that apology, and, and I'm, I'm stuck on the Colbert thing because I really find it, and by the way, I love the apology, but I didn't love two hours later watching the Colbert thing. When you watch the end of that, those comments on Colbert, when she looks at the camera and she's dismissive and rude and I think kind of a little bit unneededly terse, yeah. and then I read that apology, what changed in two hours? Like That to me was... No, well, I think she got she got all, she got calls in this. She got calls from people. That's what happened. She got but calls from people that's in the my issue from that's the back. Of, but who educated? I think she. I think I really think it was an ignoramus, uneducated view that she had, and Agreed. she got, she quickly got an education. And goes, oh crap! I really screwed the pooch on this. Here, here's the tough thing, though, and you guys know this. You're in the business. We have this thing called publicists. Yeah. And and so it's really almost impossible to know because these people's job and I love I love publicists. I love my publicists that I work with and I've had lots of great ones. And but it, it's their job to make you look good, to coach you through these situations, whether you agree or don't agree. And you have great people that have really great, honest publicists and you have, you know, that are just trying to do their good, you know, a good job of like showing who you really are. And you have people that are going like, it doesn't matter if you believe this or not, just you have to say this and you have to put this out there. And from like the outside, unless you're in that room having that conversation with them, it's, it's nearly impossible to tell. I mean, these, these people are, you know, they, they, they're get paid to act for a living. And so I'm not saying that it wasn't sincere. I mean, I appreciate it. If you just look at the face value of her words, you know, the tweet, I think that that's great. Um, Can you learn something that fast and be that repentant? I think you can. Uh, did she? I don't know. And so yeah. that's where I go back to like the inside people at ABC or whatever. And I don't think ABC should just I don't think corporations should just respond to the mob and the masses to go because, you know, the the, the Twitterati think that, you know, we should fire her. Then we're going to fire her. Yeah. Fire her if she's a bad employee. Right. You know, yeah. keep her if she's a great asset to the team. You know, this might have been one of 30 things that's already on their list of stuff of like, man, we, you know, just looking for a reason to get rid of somebody. I don't know. Well, she's but not I, Megan I, McCain. She'll be fine. Yeah. I, I <laughs> don't God. think that you can. I, I just don't think that you can know from the outside exactly, you know, where she's at yeah. with and, this. And, it, and I think I, it's going to take some time to see if that's really something. That's and, and I agree. And I understand there's an actor side to this. There's a Hollywood side to it. I get I get all of that. I will just say that of over the over years, decades of watching Whoopi Goldberg as an actress, watching her do interviews on television, I've always gone, boy, she's just really weird. 
and really obnoxious, but at the same time, I've I've always been drawn to her. I've, yeah, she's I mean, ever that's seen her. And, and she's I mean, yeah, she's <laughs> right. And there, maybe it's like I've maybe I've got this. Uh, I've got a naive soft spot, soft spot for. Her. I kind of like her. I like her, and I yeah. really she has sold me on the idea that I think that she's honest. I think she was being honest in those interviews. That's what she believed as an ignoramus. And I don't mean ignoramus. To, I, it's a funny word, but like ignorant. She was ignorant of the facts. And sure. I think that she, I think she got a quick education and goes, crap, I really, really did misunderstand what people were saying when they were talking about race. Now, she might not agree on what we say is race versus what she, I mean, the, she sees blacks and then everybody else. That might be still her worldview. Or maybe agree. not. I don't and, know. And, and she mean, might not agree that that Jews are another race, but she at least now understands the context and what, what, what she. I think at first was completely flummoxed by why people would even be upset. Why was? Yeah, I, I, I mean, that. she put me in the position of having to go, go Joy Behar, go Anna Navarro. I mean, I don't like either of those people more than I like Whoopi. But she, I mean, the, uh, cheering those two clowns, right? Yeah, I would just so love. And I, I know think this that is she's me. now she's just suddenly going. Oh, now I understand what those being... people were saying picky and annoying but i would love to know when that colbert thing was taped because her last comment i will never talk about this again made me die because it was like 12 yes. hours later you're right, talking about this that's again. been part of the that's been part yeah. of the controversy of this controversy yeah. is 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 the is the timing but the colbert thing i believe if i remember correctly was recorded somewhere between like 4 30 and 7 somewhere right, in there which is two hours and, before the statement that's my, it, anyway, right i i don't want to belabor right, it i so, just think it's Right. I th I'm not saying it's not heartfelt. I find it strange. That's all that you're that yeah. adamant. And then suddenly there's a statement with grammatical errors in it two hours later, published right. your Twitter. Right. Um, but I hope <laughs> I think she has learned a lesson, though, either way, even if in that moment she wasn't. How do you not learn a lesson? And my view is like, look, people aren't going to change and grow if you just keep canceling them. No. You have to. And I think the, the right has been very big on this appropriately. Right. So I, I but I'm watching a lot of people on the right be like, Get rid of Whoopi Goldberg. She's right. got to go, and it's but like, it's, well, we got to be consistent. Right, but this, yeah. I, and I don't want, I don't want her to let go. I don't want to play by the same rules that the left plays by. I don't want to play by their rules. I'm, I am one of those people who believes in redemption. Right, it's the same thing that I, people rightfully criticized Mitt Romney for being a flip flopper on abortion. Right, right, but at the same time, he flipped to the correct side. He he switched back to being a pro lifer and and pushing the pro life cause. Right, so I. Okay, yes, he was a flip-flopper, but he he learned, right? And I'm hoping that that has happened with her. Yeah. And oh, yeah, wait, I think wait. this is one of those things that time will tell yeah. and, you know, really kind of where she's at and what's going on there. And, and I mean, look, I, I wish her the best and everything else. And I, I think you're right. Like, you know, we have to make sure that our response is not the same as what you're seeing on the left. The left does have a tendency to eat their own. Yeah. And I think the right has adopted more of that through sort of, um, the last four years where we have a, we have more division that's happened there and trying to apply you know some of the cancel culture on some of the figures within the right etc from people within the right um you know so I, I think you know look I, I I think it time will tell and you know there's gonna be further statements that kind of reveal yeah. you know what's where she's at yeah no for sure oh, well there you go we solved the Whoopi Goldberg okay, debacle. You heard it here. Next. I mean, yeah, next. Well, <laughs> well, I've got a bunch of other things I want to talk about. All right, we'll get to it. Guys, do you guys have anything you want to go to? I mean, I've this Greg Locke thing. Have you guys paid attention to this? It's all super interesting. No. You're going to have to keep me up, catch me up on this. Have you, do you know about this? The, the burning service that he had? Lucas, did you see this? 
you know, I'm just seeing it right now. Yeah, it's okay. So Greg Locke, let's Greg Locke is very controversial. So let's just put that out there. He's been banned from Twitter. There's all sorts of as we're talking about cancel culture. Um, he's said a lot of things that have upset a lot of people, even on the Christian side and on the right. Right. It's not just liberals, but needless to say, you move all that aside. He held this event on Wednesday night. It was a burning service. Basically, it sounds like what it is. After he held this service where he spoke last night, he then went out and the entire church brought with them Ouija boards, tarot oh, yeah. cards, Harry Potter books. And this is where it gets interesting. Um, <laughs> and uh, what's that other stupid show with the vampires? Why am I forgetting? Twilight. It right Twilight. Twilight. Yeah. Um, Twilight memorabilia. He was encouraged. Anything that was believed to be demonic in nature. Now, I think most Christians would understand Ouija boards and all that. And they had everybody throwing them into this massive fire. And it was clearly an event that I believe, and I would love to get your, was done for attention, to bring attention to an issue at least, or for attention. I don't know. But it was interesting to watch. And his whole point was we need to give the devil a black eye. That was the statement. Well, he, that's a big thing. But this, this is, he's repeating something that was done back in the late 70s and early 80s. They'd have these big bonfires. Kids would bring their records, right? There was, if you played them backwards, yep. they said, yep. Hail Satan or whatever. And it's like, so was kids this were. the 1870s? <laughs> it's hilarious. I smashed some CDs when I was younger yeah. in, a, in a youth group. That yeah. was the thing that, that and, we did. You know, and that's not and that's not a bad thing to do. But so the thing that you're talking about, Billy, if people are confused or still wondering, if you remember back in the, I don't remember, but I, my uncles have told me stories about like when they were in college, they, there was this big thing on campus at a, at a Christian university and they did a big burning thing. It was late seventies and they kids brought their LPs, right? Some old, you know, records and rock and roll records are like, I, it's not healthy for me. Some of them believe that it had satanic words, you know, backwards or whatever, but all these different things that were unhealthy that stood in their way between them and a relationship with God, you know, they said, you know what, we're going to burn it. We don't need it back. We don't want this stuff. But, but, yeah. but Billy, your thing is though, it was focused on the satanic thing, not just simply, if you've got a problem with porn, come throw your pornography in here. If you've got a problem with alcohol, come throw your alcohol. And he, he was specific about satanic or satanic tinged and tangential things? Well, I'm pulling up his actual statement. He said, you know, as I mentioned during my Sunday sermon, we will be having a massive burning at the end of our Wednesday night message this week. We will be continuing our... our he's doing a series on deliverance from demons, so this is part okay, of that, that makes sermon series. Um, we have stuff coming in from all over that we will be burning. We're not playing games, and he goes into a whole thing about witchcraft. You know, it was, it was interesting. This is also the sermon series. I don't know if you guys saw this, where he... He purportedly, I mean, I watched it. It was kind of hard to miss, but um, compared people who kids who have autism to being demonized. He said if a kid has autism, that you know, that's not something that's in the Bible. That got a lot of attention. So this has been an ongoing series. The thing that struck me as the most odd, and I didn't watch the whole thing, and I'm not trying to, was there's a point where he's like, we've got 22,000 people watching on one platform. There seemed to be a focus on how many people were watching this thing while it was happening. And that made me just wonder like, oh, now I'm sure most of the people there had really good intentions and they were, so I don't have an, I don't have actually have a strong view on the event itself. If I remove him from it, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know that I would, I mean, would you guys hold something like this? I'm curious, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't go out of my way to like hold a service like that. And I mean, to me, I think that we, like we make a lot of, Sometimes we, I mean, okay, let me back up. So we see in the book of Acts where people brought all sorts of things, you know, through, you know, revival and destroyed these items, idols, you know, et cetera. 
And so there's at least some sort of biblical precedent of this has happened before. I think it's natural that as people, when we you know experience freedom or deliverance or whatever, that we want to get rid of the things that have kept us in bondage. Yeah. Do you have to burn them? Can you throw them? Oh, we lost you. Just a second. We lost you just for a second. Are you still there? I'm still there. Can there you, you go. Me? Yeah, you just, you, okay. you want to, Billy, did he disappear for you too? I saw him still, but your audio went out for a Yeah, second. your audio went out for okay. a minute. So I, I don't think it matters how like, you know, dramatic we get rid of these things. If we have waste management, take them away in the garbage or if we burn them or whatever. I think that that is, you know, more, I, I think it can be more fanfare and can be more for people and everything else. Um, I, I don't have any sort of like theological answer that like the only way to get rid of, you know, some sort A of Ouija demonic board. material right. is yeah. to burn it or something. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, what you see Paul say is there's, there's really th that, that it's that we kind of put the power in these items through our belief and upholding them that way, rather than, you know, like it just being a piece of wood or, or a rock or a game board, like yeah. again, and as a believer and as a pastor, like need this stuff in your life. Yeah. What I'm seeing right now, and I, I'm just starting to develop some thoughts around this, but I think that what we are seeing and going to see more of, and it's interesting that this happened, is that anytime you have a really big push towards um, licentiousness or progressivism or whatever it is, when the church responds, it has a tendency to push back towards fundamentalism. And so I'm seeing that, you know, even people that have been more known for being grace teachers are starting to teach against a lot of, um, you know, concepts. And I'm not saying that it's fundamentalist to, you know, think that a Ouija board's wrong. I think a, it, you shouldn't have a Ouija board as a Christian. Like it's, it's evil, it's demonic, all those sorts of things. I'm in agreement with that. But I think that what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot more like because, you know, to some degree, sin is really rampant right now in our culture we're seeing more people stand up against it where maybe 10 years ago they were preaching a God loves you message. And so the church is sort of shifting positions or shifting angles, I would say, to the gospel to where it's really trying to bring people back to holiness. And I think that that's a natural byproduct of a culture that's kind of gone, you know, astray. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm not, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I just think it's, it's where the church heads in times like this. So I'm, my guess is we're going to see more of these things. Um, but I, I think that there's a way to do it that does not um, make it as, you know, Fanfare. we don't have to sensationalize this stuff. Is there something wrong, though, with saying there's 22,000 people watching? I don't have a pa problem with the pastor doing that. I mean, we're dealing with a culture where views and, you know, hits and all those things are are constantly talked about and around us. And so, you know, that doesn't I don't have any judgment for him for doing that. And I know people that that know Pastor Locke, um, you know, and I've I've not heard personally anything bad about him other than the things that I see in the headlines, you know, where, where he's trying to paint a certain way, you know, so that's not a statement good or bad about him. Yeah. I've interacted with him in the past quite a bit, um, through Twitter and other places, um, years ago before he became controversial and had headlines and stuff. Um, you know, and I, yeah, I mean, I should, I don't want to come across like I'm pat, I'm judging that, but as a journalist, like as somebody who like looks at communication that my, that stands out to me as something that's interesting. It wouldn't be something that I would say, but I, I don't want to judge somebody else saying I probably wouldn't even know who was watching in that moment. But your I guess book would have done really well at that event. I'm just I'm saying sure it would have burned it would have burned like crazy. Well, you know, and, and so here's the thing. I there's two things here. 
I worry that we sometimes give these things too much power, and I'm not I'm not accusing thing, them of what doing thing, this. Wait, what things? Like the service so or Ouija the, the board, items? Ouija okay. boards, tarot cards, you know. And th this is my fear with it, right? Is it giving it too much power? You you look at Acts 16 and you look at Paul being so irritated with the psychic woman, follow, slave woman following him around. He turns around and commands a demon out and moves on, right? You know, like we have authority over it. So when we hold these big events and we do this now, there's also the other side. You're doing it to get attention on an issue, to get people to focus on it, which they do by you mentioned the 22,000 people to, to know that people are actually paying attention to this important thing. So I, I see both sides of that. But yeah, I don't know. Lucas, do you want to respond to that? Because you're the pastor in chief. <laughs> you know, I, I think that, I, I mean, I, I think you're right. I, think, I do think we give sometimes too much attention to some of these, um, you know, uh, Sort of, sort of the demonic, you know, side of this. I think we can really elevate that beyond, you know, what it should and give it more power than it really has. Uh, I think that, you know, those those type of services, whether it's breaking CDs or, um, you know, burning burning books or you know whatever it is, I, I think that you know where the power is there is it, it's really encouragement for other people that are stuck in these, you know, behaviors and lifestyles that they're seeing that like. Hey, I can come forward and I can do something about this, and that can be very freeing for them. Do I think every church should go have a bonfire next week? I, I'm not saying that. I, I don't. Again, I don't think it matters how you get rid of that stuff or encourage it. it. It could have been just piling it up in a pile and then throwing it in the trash. But I think that there's something powerful there. Can that get sensationalized and weird? Yes, it can. And so, and that's the job of the pastor to make sure that it doesn't go there. So, I'm, I'm less concerned about what this report says than I would be having questions about how do we deal with it after the fact. Yeah. And what what were those comments made and and uh, you yeah. know what's the yeah, balance fair. there and, on the other and, side? Yeah, I was gonna say I that's think fair. That, I yeah, think no, that, and I and I didn't bring it up to condemn it. I think it's an interesting conversation to have. And to your point, we're doing more of this. Like we're gonna I think we're gonna see the church do more of these kinds of things and everybody and their mothers grabbing Ouija boards and tarot cards now. I mean it's literally everywhere. It's part right. of public religion at this point. It's a little strange to right. watch. But I think that I and, think and that, again, like I think so Chris, how can I be muted? Is he there? I, I mean, I see there you him go. flailing. I don't know how. I don't know how I was. I don't know how I, I was muted. Was I weird. felt like we finally had a producer was that was doing their job for a second. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I accidentally muted you, and then I couldn't undo it. Accidentally <laughs> muted me. <laughs> so, but I, but I'm, but I'm with you, Luke. I, I'm glad you brought up what you did because I don't want to condemn it because it's kind of a chicken and egg kind of thing, right? Because like. Is this happening because this pastor wants to sensationalize and get a whole lot of eyeballs on this? Is that possible? Yes. Is that necessarily bad? Not necessarily bad, right? If you're like, yeah. we, this is something that's really important and we need to focus on. But if it's people getting riled up, I don't see riled up, that comes across as negative, but people who are passionate, like, I got to see a change in my life. These are the things that are stumbling blocks. These are things that represent stumbling blocks in my life. I don't see any problem with getting together and putting them, smashing them with hammers or throwing them in a fire or whatever, because there's a, you throw them in the fire, there's a permanence to it, right? You're not digging, you're not, once it's in the fire, it's in the fire. You put it in the garbage can, you can dig it out of the garbage can, right? Sure. I yeah, don't yeah. mind a, a thing like this if people are passionate about it, but to understand that these things are not the problem, that the problem is in the heart. Right, but you start by getting rid of the thing, saying I'm going to take this action, and it's going to come across as a bold action, and I am throwing this in the fire to represent where I need to be, and then to say I got to work on my heart because that Ouija board that I threw in there is an issue, or that pornography that I threw in there is an issue in my life. 
I don't want to go back to that stuff. So I'm permanently making a permanent representation of getting rid of it, but it's got to be a heart change to ultimately. Yeah. Yep. Deals yep. With it. Absolutely. I had I, I did one of the weirdest experiences in ministry early on in my pastoral career. I was, I don't know, I was probably 25, something like that. And we'd planted the church. We're still pastoring that now. And, and, um, you know, it's been years ago and there was a girl that came into our ministry and she basically confessed that when she was younger, um, on in, in like a mission field, or she lived abroad with her family that she told me and this other associate pastor that we had, uh, essentially that she had killed a child like oh. on purpose as a young kid. And like, you know, and I'm, I'm hearing like, I mean, I'm calling the police and asking them like how I deal with this. This is like, I'm basically like, I think I'm reporting a murder in another country that happened 15 years ago, you know, sort of thing, like working mm. through all this stuff. I mean, it's really, really like, you know, I mean, it kind of thrown into how to navigate some of the tougher things in ministry. And we kept meeting with her, myself and this other, this other guy for a little bit, and we're trying to get her some help and, and kind of connect her with some resources. And she was talking about all these things that she was struggling with and kind of confessing this stuff. And, and, you know, in hindsight, I would have done this totally different today. Uh, but it's just, you know, it, I didn't know anything at that time. And, and so it, as the thing is, it kept evolving. I just started getting this feeling of like, I don't believe anything that she's saying. Mm -hmm. And she finally came back and said like, that she wanted to like, get rid of all this like paraphernalia, like, these items that we're talking about and that she wanted to destroy them and she was asking me would i burn these like behind the church like in our fire pit or whatever and i said you know what i said like i'm not gonna and basically i said like i'm not just gonna go do a service for this or some burning like thing for this but like if you want to throw them away and get them away from you like let's meet up at the grocery store they have a big dumpster next door to it and like i'd be happy to meet you there and pray with you and you can toss the stuff in the dumpster how about that you know so we get there and it just the whole thing, like it was just weird. It just, it just, you know, you just, just have those conversations where you're like something doesn't add up. So she tosses this stuff in the dumpster and I, we drive, you know, I drive off to separate directions and there was just this thought in the back of my head of like, I don't believe her because she, she never showed me what it was. And, uh, I went, I doubled back and I literally climbed in the dumpster and I got this stuff out. And it was like just random household items, like random, like a monopoly board and like all like it, it, she just like, it was all this sort of attention thing that was happening that, you know, either she was really using that stuff and she wasn't going to get rid of it. And she was trying to make us think that she got rid of it. Or I really think what happened is she had created kind of this whole lie to like, whether it was to get attention or to, you know, I don't, I don't know what the psychology was wow. there, but you know, and I finally like called her out on it afterwards and, you know, she bolted and, you know, it was never to be seen again, but maybe she listens to the podcast show and feel free to come by our church and we can have a conversation and talk I about I Jesus. I don't know if you want to open that can of worms up. Again. Right. Yeah. But it was, it was just weird, but here was somebody that, you know, I thought was wanting to get rid of all this stuff. And obviously it didn't turn out to be what I thought it was. So that, you know, makes it interesting. But like, I, I just think that there's simple ways that we can do this. Now, again, if you're going to do this as a group and, and you have this many people in your church affected by this stuff, have at it, you know, but, uh, and I'm not a Harry Potter fan, so I don't care that it's in there, but I could see some people having trouble with that on and comparing is Harry Potter the same as a Ouija board. We don't have to have that conversation here, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it definitely opens up for a lot of pastoral navigation. Oh my gosh, that story was the perfect way to end that segment. And I will tell you, 
I, yeah. I, and by the way, one last thing, because I do think this is important. If something is going to, and this isn't a blanket statement, but if there's an event that's so strange or weird, and I didn't watch the whole event, so I'm not accusing it. I'm just saying that's another barometer for me where I get a little bit uncomfortable. If I feel like this is going to turn people off to the gospel in any way because it's just so b- bizarre, there are going to be things that always turn people off. But when we go out of our way to do things that do that, that's always something I'm looking for. And I don't know if this crosses that barrier because I haven't watched the event Um I wrote about it. I did. I watched little parts, little pieces of it. Um, but I think that's important for us to keep in mind. You know, are we taking something so far that it's no longer needed? If that makes sense. I don't see also in scripture. And again, Acts is this is this is important and and I think not always understood. But the book of Acts in, in scripture, I think most people would agree, is descriptive and not prescriptive. Hmm. Meaning, it says this is what happened, as opposed to this is exactly how you should do it. There's some things that the church did in the book of Acts that ended up being a terrible idea, like some of the, you know, we see in the book of uh, of Acts where it talks about the church in Jerusalem, where they share everything and they basically give up their possessions and they just, you know, all kind of basically live in this little socialist com- com- uh, compound. Paul later had to go through because they were in such a state of poverty and their their system didn't work. He had to go back through and actually help that church because they set themselves up poorly. And so... You know, we see things in there that aren't necessarily prescriptive that this is how you should do it. But I don't see in the book of Acts this this uh, uh, push by the apostles or the disciples to say, go bring everything that you have and bring here and destroy it. I just saw, you know, what I see is the gospel being preached and the response of the people being, I don't want this stuff in my life anymore. And I think that there's a difference there. I think that, you know, um, you know, it's, it's, we could all search around our house to find some, you know, I have a Greek mythology book over here. I can probably grab that talks about pagan gods. Do I need to throw that into a fire? I don't think so. Um, but you know, th- there's a difference between just looking for stuff versus the gospel welling up on the inside of me so much so that I want to purify my life and my heart and remove anything that's a hindrance to that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Oh, well, solve that issue. You guys have exhausted me tonight. <laughs> we're, two, we're two for two. It's Boom. Been, been a should joy. we stop while we're ahead? We, we should absolutely stop while we're ahead. I, I loved both of these conversations. I, did too. I so did. I, I didn't find either. And Chris actually at one point said he agreed with me, which that doesn't happen. So I want to mark yeah. that as like some sort of milestone here. It's so. induced. I, yes. I forgot to mention at the beginning. So while I'm in the middle of having COVID or whatever, you know, COVID, plague yes. I had, my wife's in the city and going. Going to the going to the car wash, and she goes and but the the car breaks down over there, right? It's not a this is not an old rig that we have. It's just a few years old. And she had taken it to the car wash, and you know how you put it in neutral to go to a car wash because it pulls you through and things. She put it in the I neutral. Did a car wash tonight actually. And she she pulled it back out and went for a drive, and it wouldn't go into park. And so she's looking up why that could be, and they say if it if your car was in in park already and it got drug or something that can now of course my phone is going off just trying to Get record a show saying to stop talking just, about her just just trying to record a little show in here <laughs> i'm just paying the bills anyway this you're so uh we should have stopped over your head so anyway so so now then, so no, then it was a matter of we had to leave the car the car over there to get worked on. She has to get a rental, but then she gets the rental and then never drives it. So we pay you know a hundred bucks for a rental. And it's like you've driven it like six miles. Why do we even have this? So we only took the rental back, and it's just been this whole fuster clock the entire time. 
Nothing makes me happier than your problems because anyway. you never have them, but when you have them, they're usually well. Good. They they pile up. They just they stack up. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, all right. Well, it was a good show. So I think this will satisfy the uh, the Scanlock yeah. crowd, and well, they'll, they'll be. Well, we've solved all the problems in the world, and we'll be back next week for more. Maybe we should have a guest next week. Why? Mm. Scan. <laughs> I have to come traveling next week too, so we we should be good. Yes, your world tour is finally over. Hopefully, I'll have my office back together because it's a disaster right now. Well, I mean, yeah, usually it's so pretty. I mean, it's really strange watching it not be so light or anything. The Church Boys. A lot of holes in the desert, and a lot of problems are buried in those holes. Well, bye.